What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Story Worth Sharing podcast. I'm your host, Chris, and I'm here with my illustrious co-host, Emmy Rodriguez. I am here. Yeah. Here I am. You are here. Sitting I'm, here. I'm looking at you. The listeners I'm can't. You can see me. Yeah, the, the listeners can't see you, but I can see you, and you're very illustrious today. Is that a good adjective? Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. Cool. I'm, yep. Cool. Sweet. I'm glad. <laughs> so, uh, I saw a really great video. Well, one, let's start. I'm a big Michael Bube Bublé Bube. fan. Bublé Bube. fan. Michael well, Bube obviously fan. not because I don't know his last name, but do you like his music? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, anyway, saw this cutest video. So, apparently, there are these gorillas in Australia at the zoo, and the zookeepers, like, play his CD, like, when they go to what? bed. It's so sweet. Okay, one, there's a video. I'll have to show you later. Okay. But... They like get so calm and they listen and they like fall asleep. And so he was in Australia and he went and did a live performance a for live them. Performance and for they, the gorillas? And, yeah. And they like, <laughs> he was just sitting on the side, like he was going to see them and he turns like the, and starts singing and the gorilla like looks and instantly knows what's happening. Like oh, full wow. awareness of what oh, was happening. That's and it amazing. was so cool. Like they all just sat there and chilled and watched and he was singing and it was, ugh, it made my day when That's I watched amazing. that video. I feel like, I think you need to sing some Michael Bublé for Um I can't sing it like him. I'm sorry. Nobody can sing it like him. Yeah. <laughs> it would do it no good for anyone oh, to hear come me on, sing Amy, it like that. But. Well, talking about singing and, and doing justice, we have a special guest with us today. Honestly, she just goes by BK. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just going to call her BK because... Yeah, that's her name's Brittany. I've never called you Brittany. Yeah. God, I hate never. it. Yeah. I hate it. It just really? it doesn't oh, sound right. It. I'm not sure. I think it's more just because I like the sentimental stuff of feeling like I'm in a group. Okay. <laughs> I think that's where it okay. stems from. <laughs> there we go. There we go. But, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So BK is our guest today, and you sing. That's that was that segue. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, if it everyone, was amazing. Yeah, I don't know if that was. On that, I mean, a one. Can you across sing like Michael Bublé? Um, no. Can you try? What? Why am I blanking on all of his songs right now? <laughs> what is he singing? Why? Why would the first thing that came to my head was Michael Bublé? Like <laughs> he sings a song about himself. That's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. Amy, what is he singing? Um, feeling good, home. There's so many crazy love every day. Oh my gosh, he's like the guy version of Beyonce. So I'm just gonna oh, take a seat take that. in that okay. moment. You know um, what I'm saying? That's fair. Like that's fair. he really yeah. is. I love when people say that he's defrosting in November <laughs> for his Christmas album. <laughs> I've never heard that, but I really <laughs> love that. That's amazing. That is amazing. Twitter yeah. keeps me alive, you guys. Yes, I love it. What's your? If people want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Um, at B Cotman, Cotman with a K, not like police officer. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a police officer. <laughs> But yeah, I pretty much just retweet dog stuff and random funny things. So go like have a good time. Yes. Stuff, yeah. They're so funny. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word for it. Although Twitter, I'm a fan. I do like Twitter. I mean, I'm bad Twitter? at Twitter. I, I have one, but I don't tweet anything. Oh my God. Justin Gilbert. Yeah. Yeah. Gilbert, yes. Yeah. He... Um, he tweeted like randomly after not tweeting for like two years oh God, and so he funny. said, you guys are funny <laughs> and <laughs> I don't belong a, here. That is such a Justin just world. tweet. Hey world, you guys are really funny. Yes. No. He was like, he, he was feeling so inadequate and he just needed to let everyone know that That's he was, amazing. his presence was there. He was, he was That's observing awesome. what was happening. He's like, listen, y'all are amazing. I'm just going to, I'm going to go back keep now sitting though. down. Yeah. Really. Keep watching. <laughs> yeah. Just gonna go yes. back into my corner. That's so good. That's awesome. Well, BK, tell our listeners just a little bit about you, what you do, that kind of stuff. Okay, the typical icebreaker. Yes, yes, love it. I am not from here, so I'll start with that. I was born in El Paso, but really, as everybody knows, that's not really Texas. So, <laughs> but we moved to Georgia. When I was 12, and I considered that where I grew up just okay. because that was a lot of live stuff happened there. And also, I picked up a sick accent while I was there. Um, so, yeah. So, when I got back here for school, I, you know, ran into people that I went to elementary school and middle school with, and they were like, oh my God, what, what is, I'm sorry, we don't, do you take speech classes? Like, uh, you need some assistance. That's amazing. <laughs> so, but I'm from Georgia, I came here for school, you know, had that typical college little. I'm going to go over here and 
not do what I'm supposed to do and yeah. that kind of thing, um, which obviously led down a bad path and everything. But I was, you know, desperate to find that love. So I came here and the rest is history. I'm actually getting married yeah. now Woo-hoo! to the drummer in the band here. <laughs> the um, drummer. Marrying the drummer. So crazy. He make he makes fun of us so much because one time Kayla and I were together and we're running into a bunch of people and we kept introducing him as the drummer. <laughs> And he was like, hi, I'm Mason. Yeah, you know, I, I do have a name. I'm not just the drummer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much me. If you haven't been listening to my laugh in the background, I like to laugh a lot. And all it's the time. contagious. When yes. BK laughs, it kind of 100%. travels and everyone Y'all can hear me too. across the world. Like my dad said he could always find me in like a gymnasium. <laughs> it's like that's a great. find your iPhone yeah. ding. Exactly. You yeah. know? We don't need find your friends on BK's phone. Just listen. Oh, there she is. There she is. That's so great. That's me, guys. That's so great. So you talked about uh, you're not from Texas. Like, I don't know if I was born in El Paso, I would own it. I'd be like, I'm from Texas. Oh, I would too. I I would want to be from Texas. I've been to El Paso. Okay. okay, I know, but I'm saying even on a technicality, I would want to say that I'm from Texas. Oh, gotcha. Because it's just, I'm proud. It's a lot different, especially growing up there. It just, and being here now in like central Texas, sure. different yeah, world. Different. Oh yeah. my goodness, like night and day different. Yeah. So, and the um, fact that you could drive across four states if you head east. Oh, in the time it would take you so to get crazy. to El Paso, Mason still and be I in Texas. drove to El Paso for Christmas because my dad lives there. Mm, y'all <laughs> never again we went through so like it was 10 hours yes. a little bit over that oh is the same gosh. distance minus a couple hours to my mom's house in georgia and that's across right you exactly know. multiple states yes yeah. it is wow. yeah. it's crazy nuts but there's nothing out there yeah. no you drive there and you're like if i had a heart attack who thinks that? Here's driving, okay, that driving my anxiety, y'all. Odessa, like, yeah. it's like, hey, if I had a heart attack right now, tell no me why. Me. I was looking up on Google Maps hospitals, and all of them were one and a half stars. Oh, I was like, no. So I'm dying. Like, if something happens, we're just it's, it's that's the best it, treatment I'm so. getting. Yeah, I've actually <laughs> Mason, been. it's you or nothing. So figure out what really, you're doing. Really, you said till death was part. <laughs> might come sooner than you thought. I've actually been to the er in brownwood texas which is kind of out there in the middle of nowhere so yeah was it scary um definitely one and a half stars <laughs> yeah yeah I, mm-hmm. I remember i don't i was probably 19 or 20 and there was a i think he was a police officer who came in and he had gotten staples in his knee and literally i'm not joking he's sitting in the waiting room of the er and the nurse comes out and they roll up his pant like in the waiting room and she just like pulls the staples out. he's sitting in the chair next to me i'm like Shut what is happening mouth. oh my gosh what is <laughs> happening don't you have like rooms for that is yeah. there not a curtain i yeah. might have walked sheet? out i'm like no <laughs> yes yeah, not for me Wait, if what were you time. there for in oh, that's Brownwood? A, that's a very dear. I was at a camp, like a youth camp. <laughs> yeah, okay. I was a counselor or whatever. And yeah, that was a long oh. story that is not worth sharing. <laughs> Despite the name of the podcast, that, is, that story is not worth sharing. So, Guys, he's just yeah. kidding. This is actually a very specific kind of story yes. storytelling. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Certain stories worth sharing. Yeah. We're going to change the name okay. of the podcast. Right. Certain stories worth sharing. So you moved around a lot. Well, not a lot, but you, you know, transplanted multiple states. What pre-college, what would you say were some of the bigger moments that led to you then making the decision to come here? Yeah, moving around a lot was really hard just because I didn't really find my people until I got here. Just the state, like the stability and all of that. So my childhood was a little messy, you know. I mean, a lot of people now have this, which is really you know, it, it sucks. But my parents were divorced when I was really young, like two. Wow. Um, so my mom had custody. So uh, I was living with a single mom. And yes, my dad was helping out. And like, they were both great parents. Like they're like, exceptionally awesome, especially considering the circumstances. Um, my dad was actually like always the Easter bunny and the Santa <laughs> oh Claus and stuff at elementary yeah. school. So, so he was, a, he was really a big part of my life. But you know, my mom, she 
love her to death, but she made some decisions and married a guy that was an alcoholic. And uh, that's actually why we moved to Georgia. It was in the middle of the night. We just had to pack up and kind of like run wow. a little bit. My grandparents, they lived in Georgia at the time. And so did my um, aunt and uncle and like all, pretty much all of her family lived there. So we left in the middle of the night and the rest is history for that. But moving states away mm-hmm. with two young children yeah. by yourself, you know, <clears throat> a lot of that was really tough uh, financially. Mm-hmm. She always made a loving home that anywhere we went, that is something that um, I've always told her and like told other people. I've always appreciated that, you know, we lived in really, really small like areas and apartments and different things like that like at one point (laughs) we were all in one room at my grandma's house Wow! and I was like pulling my mattress out from underneath her bed to go to bed at night yes and my brother was like he's 11 years younger than me so he was sleeping with her and then I was sleeping on the floor but and I just cool for a minute it It feels like a sleepover (laughs) but like a week later it's not cool anymore (laughs) yeah Yeah. Uh, Yeah, after the first morning of shoving it back under the bed and then having to pull it back out I was like I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) I'd say that was pretty formative for me because I, I, it showed me that I could be very happy on very little Mm. and I'm, I'm blessed enough now that I, that doesn't have to be like that. But I think that that was a really big learning experience for me and made a lot of the really tough stuff that was going to happen years later, a little bit easier just because I, we, we went through it. Like there was, there was a lot of stuff that you know, I am in therapy now and everything, you know, but the stuff that I'll say in passing because it was so normalized, she'll be like, I'm sorry, can we go back to that? And the fact that like you were in survival mode for so long and it was so normal. Like, you know, my mom told me at one point she was in order for us to eat, she would just eat popcorn and like that was her meal at night. And just because we were so spread thin, you know, and popcorn is a dollar. So, <laughs> yeah, that's as far as Georgia. Georgia was kind of that was rough because a lot of people, their families weren't like that. It was the southern plantations and, you know, the families that were all together and multiple brothers and sisters and everybody was just all really connected. And luckily, my family was always there for us. But it was still I remember like dating in high school and like the moms not really liking me. And they did once they got to know me. But background wise, mm-hmm, yeah. they were like, oh, she's, you know, from this kind of a household. Like, just remember that. Like, I specifically remember an ex-boyfriend's mom saying that about me. And I was like, I'm so nice. What do you mean? (laughs) I'm great. What, like, what did that do for you? Did it make you feel like an outsider? Oh, yeah, definitely. And a lot of those people had also grown up together. So when I got there, I was already 12. So they had already had those established friendships. Their parents went to school with their parents and that kind of thing. So not my biggest thing, and it's funny, even Maddie, the Maddie, uh, the girl who sings here, mm-hmm. she even said this. She's like, your biggest thing is being misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate it. And I think that that's where it started was people didn't know me and wow. didn't care to know me really, like get to know me. I actually only have one solid friend that will be in my wedding um, from funny. Georgia still. But yeah, she was really the only person that like really dug in and got to know me during the really, really tough stuff and, you know, didn't leave and all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, as far as being left out, that was huge back then just because you are an outsider. You're coming into a really small town. Mm-hmm. How many movies are about that? You know, yeah. so. So you made the decision at some point, you know, you've already had a tough upbringing and have gone through it and have felt like an outsider at times, or even you said that that's where it began. You feeling yeah. misunderstood. That's kind of where it, it, it started. Yep. How did that continue to play out as you are graduating high school, making a decision on what's next? Well, I actually left in the middle of my senior year just because things got kind of bad at that point. There was just, you know, mean girls and all of that. And I know you're, my mom always told me this, you can't run from mean girls because they're going to be everywhere. True. Which, True. oh my gosh, True. <laughs> were <awful>. they ever? <laughs> Definitely not that that she was just saying that. But, um, you know, it's, it's just kind of crazy how it all happened because it, had it not pushed me out, I would definitely still be there and be married and have kids yeah. with a guy mm-hmm. that is the worst, you know, like that kind of thing. Yeah. 
So that obviously didn't help the whole outsider <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, cause I went to, I went from a class of like a hundred people to a class of a thousand. Oh my goodness. I think I like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And you jumped in halfway through <laughs> yeah. your senior year. Yeah. Wow. And it's, it's bittersweet. Bitter because of the fact that I never really made any friends my senior year. I had a couple here and there, but you know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything like I didn't have a group, you know, mm-hmm. it was me and this other girl who was also new and we're actually still friends to this day. She's also going to be my wedding. So you know, you're loyal. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People give me the chance. Yeah, Dang, really. You know, you're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for the alcohol guys. Um, but the sweet part of it was that being that being thrown into such like, I mean, school was huge my mom was like so is that the college oh no (laughs) no that is the high school being thrown into that kind of forced me out of my comfort zone because the only way I was going to make friends is if I talked to people and if I was the you know the one to bring stuff up and be Mm -hmm. like hi be my friend you know (laughs) like Like me (laughs) yes um so whenever I got to college it was a little bit easier I wasn't quite so nervous and I felt out of place for the past eight years so I was already like and let's continue on with the normalcy of feeling out of place, you know. But all of that to say, there were a lot of things that happened in my childhood that I never dealt with. So, because I was in that survival mode, you know. And we never stopped, me and my mom too. Like, she actually just got into therapy too because we both saw things that my brother didn't thank God. Like, he was still a baby baby. But we saw things that we just repressed. We just mm-hmm. kept it in the back yeah. and it it ended up affecting so much cuz we got addicted to the idea of chaos in our lives. Mm. So even when things were normal, wow. we were like something's wrong yeah. and like we need to go and do something crazy and whatever. So, but it did kind of that outsider thing and not dealing with that previous trauma definitely forced me into that into an area of I don't have any adults watching me. Mm-hmm. So now I am on my own in college station where my dad is an hour and a half away and my mom isn't still in Georgia, you know, and not a recipe for good decisions and good things. (laughs) So I did try and stay in church and all that, but everyone that I went to, I just wasn't, it didn't fit. It just didn't click. I wasn't. um, And my, plus it's good to know that my uncle had a church in Georgia. Okay. So i not having that yeah. family aspect was really, really hard. Yeah. You know, walking into a church and not knowing anyone is so intimidating. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all been there right. at some point, you know. So that's why I love this church because y'all were like not just nice at the beginning. Y'all were like, hey, just pop them back in. Hello. <laughs> just wanted to see if you want to come hang out, you know. <laughs> Especially Kayla. Kayla recognized that I was one of the people or like that personality that I would withdraw. So she was always like, you know, hello, like yeah. poking at me and stuff. Yeah. So, which I needed, mm-hmm. I needed to have those people. Cause I was used to people just kind of dropping and then, you know, not to be sad, but like I was, that sure. was just kind of, yeah. you know, and so that's what led me here for, from all that outside stuff. And that's what really fueled a lot of decisions and all of that. And me kind of, feeling like I had to prove myself to people and which is a really sucky feeling like especially when it comes to relationships and friendships that aren't just going out together Mm -hmm. you know what I mean anything past that like you feel like do I need to buy you gifts like Mm -hmm. do I how do I get you to stay Mm -hmm. what you know so so that's what let me hear y'all I was just begging to be loved like right where I was you know and I just wanted to just just be loved that was it that was my whole thing and my dad was coming to visit one weekend and we came here and I was like, this worship is a one. Like, <laughs> this is pretty neat with the strobies and all that stuff. <laughs> so I filled out a card and like I said, y'all did not give up. Like y'all kept, Dawson emailed me probably three times before <laughs> I was like, fine, I'll, I'll come up there, you know? So yeah, that's what led me here through all that. So Wow. I feel like you had, there was so much like transition that I was so back to back and so quick. And you mentioned a few people that were a part of that, Yeah, but just kind of expand maybe on, you know, who played an impact in your story? Like who was used to get you here today? You've mentioned a few, but yeah, just kind of talk about those people. So transition wise. Yeah. I never got a breath 
and all yeah. that. It was constant from different roommates every year and all that. So basically, okay, I'll tell you basically what happened as far as what led to these people coming into my life. So I had just a real sucky set of roommates and I feel like everybody has had that in their mm-hmm. lifetime. But where I was at in my life, that was like the tipping point kind mm-hmm. of for me. Just to put it in perspective, my parents like had to move me out of it. My dad, who's six four and this big dude, walks into our house and my roommates had never seen him before. They look up from their phones and then look back down on their phones. They don't say a word. They don't nothing. That's how they were with me yeah. too. So it was like then they were three friends. So if they just did not care about your existence at all. So so I had really bad roommates and everything, and we were trying to get me out of that lease. And I had, you know, asked around. I was trying to find a place that wasn't seven hundred, eight hundred, right. nine hundred dollars. And we asked. I can't remember if like I was just talking to Kayla about it or something, but she was the one who actually gave me a room and gave me a place to live at a point of my life when I had started to hurt myself and all that stuff, and I needed to be not in an apartment by myself and not in an in an area where my presence wasn't wanted. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so her and Aaron took me in and that was pivotal for me because obviously like if you ever met Kayla, her sweet things is what she does. <laughs> like that's like her MO, you know, but in that moment like sitting in the green room and her telling us, her telling me and my dad and my dad is not a crier and he like <laughs> oh. starts crying because not only was it a place to live, but it was the exact amount of money that we were like, we got to have it at this price, you know? So it was just kind of crazy that like, even in the background, like Jesus has done some stuff, you know, but some of it's been in my face Mm -hmm. and some of it has been behind the scenes. And that was definitely a behind the scenes one that he was, he's like, okay, just get out of that one so I can put you in this one, you know? So she was sure of, the kid asking with for the, the teddy bear, bear yeah. Jesus is holding the giant. Yep. Back. Yeah, that's pretty much that was that was like a, a good example of my life before I got here, and just because of the fact that I thought that I had these really cool friends and like mm. all this, you know, just because they were well known in town, I guess, and I wanted to be accepted by them so bad and all that, but they left quick, like yeah. they dropped and were out of my life. And I mean, so fast, but Kayla was huge, 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 huge for, for my life here in this church. And I, if it had been for her, I wouldn't have met Mason and because they were friends. Mm -hmm. So, and he told me he would come over and be like, who's at your house? Cause he was like trying to see. So sweet. (laughs) Um, but she was huge in my life. And then I met Maddie and I met Emmy and I met all of you guys here that, was just a genuine group of people who were like, we don't care what you did before this. Like we, your laugh is funny. And like (laughs) that kind of thing where it's, you're in. Yeah. Like there was no, at no point during any conversation that I had with anyone, did I feel like I was looking, I was being looked down on or somebody wasn't trying to understand what I was saying. Obviously Kayla, obviously everybody here in this room and Mason was also a big one just because and not to be sappy you guys, but listen, how he loved me showed me how to love myself because I never learned how to do that because in that in those times of growing up and in that those, you know, pivotal moments of like your kid falls and you're like, it's okay. It's fine. You know, it it was too much survival that was happening growing up. So I never got to have those lessons of you are crazy loved and you're so talented and like you are going to be a great human being and all of that. There was never time for that. You know what I mean? So having to learn that at 23 is pretty rough. Like you're already hardwired, you know, having him be such a constant, especially with me learning not to be so chaotic. I still have a little bit, you guys. <laughs> you know that I'm just hyper. <laughs> but yeah, I tell people that all the time. Like, he is the first person that's ever been my constant, my consistent point, my grounding point, you know, because he was, he's just so logical. If you've ever met him, he's just, so why do you think that? So let me ask you some questions and don't worry about that. It's going to be fine. Like, super calming things where you're like, I want to think like that, you know? <laughs> 
But I mean, and a few people from out of town, they had already moved away after college because it is a college town. People leave. Yeah. But I feel like everybody in the band. Oh, my God. And Blake. Blake was like, that was the first person that I met with and was consistently talked to. He was like a mentor because he had been through a lot of similar stuff that I was going through. So as I was going through it, he would talk me through those really, really big emotions and those really big life events and just was so consistent in like saying, you are an incredible human being. Mm. You need to know that you are loved and people are not going to leave you. And yeah, just being told that, especially by an adult, you know, like I technically I was an adult, but by an adult in the ministry, in the worship. And like, someone who's been through those experiences. Exactly. It holds a lot yeah. for you. Somebody who's not just saying, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And like, you know, is hearing Jesus is going to push through is not always mm-hmm. something that you can hold on to in those moments as far as like, sometimes those are just words. And having somebody say, he literally pushed me through it. Yeah. Like there would be, and it, for me, that was Jesus surrounding me with, the, with y'all. Like there was no other... That was, I feel like that was his biggest way to show me how loved I was and all of that just by being like, look around, look at all these people that I'm trying to put in your life and, you know, that are, that have stuck with you and all that. But yeah, Blake was in the trenches with me for a long time. There was a lot of conversations that people didn't see off stage and stuff like that, where there was one Sunday that I, I was going to sing Who You Say I Am. And I didn't believe a word of it that day. Like I just was, you know, I was really, that was probably like the worst part, the worst hump that I was in. And he was like, if you, if you've ever talked to him, he's very like schedules and, you know, so not sticking to that schedule is huge for him. And he gave me that day to be like, I don't want you up there. And feeling like that. And, you know, he gave me that grace that, especially for me being a people pleaser Mm -hmm. and for him being the type of personality that I'm always trying to impress and like make sure that they're good for him to be like, I still love you. It's fine. Yeah. Like, here's some, (laughs) go take a nap. Yeah, really. really. Well, and it like puts action to all of those all of those conversations y'all had had yes. and all of those things that he had spoke value into your life and yes. had encouraged you, it like in that moment solidifies that. Like it's so much bigger than whether or not you can go perform. Exactly. It's so much bigger of whether or not you can meet some standard in this moment. Like that's not what defines who you are. Yep. And then you begin to actually believe that about yourself yep. because he's proving that through the way that he's treating you. That's awesome. In those really hard moments where it's Sunday, this is his job yeah. and him being, and plus, you know, Kayla was singing, so it's not like there was no female vocalist right. or anything, but it was still, that was huge for me. That was a moment that stuck out for me. But also just the fact of they, they kept me going. Singing here kept me going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, especially with having them just constantly be pouring into me in little ways and in big ways and saying like your worship has gotten better because you're letting go and then also the biggest thing for me honestly especially doing this podcast and um speaking at transit and like all that was there has been no point in time where this church has made me feel like you need to keep that quiet Mm -hmm. and you need to like that part of your life like you're a almost like you're a public figure and you need to make sure that you keep that under wraps and all that y'all have always like encouraged me to I love that you're telling your story like that kind of thing I've like you said that verbatim and just that's just really cool because I haven't really seen that before especially not in a church setting to where uncomfortable stuff happens to us all the time and for us to pretend like once you're a christian it's gonna be fine and your life is gonna be super smooth sailing and all that and then you hit those bumps and then you feel like am i not doing something right right? am i not like what part of my life did i mess up in that you know Jesus was like, I got to back off of this one a little bit, you know, (laughs) maybe give her some time and time out or something like that, you know, but that's what I love the most about, about this whole group though. And everyone that impacted my life here was that not once did anybody ever make me feel ashamed. I mean, it's been more of like a triumph of like, you made it out and like, yes, we helped you, but you uh, essentially, like you pulled yourself out, that kind of thing. And 
obviously with the help of Jesus. Sure. I'm not downgrading any of that. No. I couldn't have done it without him. But You have talked about some of the things that you've learned and mm-hmm. some already just unbelievable things that you have walked through. But what what would you say are some things that stick out sitting here today that BK is a different person and in lessons that you've learned or things that you've walked through? Like, how does that shape who you are sitting here today? Yeah, there's two really big things that I've, as whenever you asked me those questions before, that I really thought about. And I'm not great at putting my emotions into words and like all my life experiences, but I feel like these two solidify it. The first one is I know that it sounds weird, but like you're not strong enough to derail your whole life. That was what was crazy to me is like in the moment, those mistakes and those bad decisions and the years of pain and trauma, even if it wasn't your fault, like all of that feels so powerful and not in a good way. It feels like it's on top of you and you're like, I just need to not be here. I need to disappear. I need to or start over or a clean slate. Like half of me wanted to move to, I don't know, out of the country. Like yeah. I didn't want to. I thought several times about moving so far away from here where there's no chance anybody would know me. Wow. That was just like the tip of the iceberg too of like, I just didn't want to be here, period. And there were so many times that those feelings got on top of me and something that you know, after the storm cleared and all of that. And I started to heal like, yeah, I started to heal physically and emotionally and all that stuff. I just realized like, not how dare I, but like, how could I think that my little things were going to be bigger than what God had planned for me? And how is it me thinking that, oh my gosh, your life is over. There is like, there is no way that, that, God's plan can top this. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was really big for me. And I kind of mentioned that when I talked in transit, but I, it just kind of fell out of my mouth. And then I was like, wait, I, I want to expand on that, but I'm not prepared, you <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah. And just that idea of like, I know that it's, it's this world of like, we're trying to all be powerful and we're trying but like, you're just not in this kind of situation. You're just not, you're, you are only here to love. That's it. You are here to love and be loved. And that includes like loving yourself, Mm -hmm. like loving includes loving yourself. Mm -hmm. So that was that goes into my second thing of, you know, Christianity kind of comes off as this checklist and of this like, as long as I do these things, it's going to be fine. And like, I need to make sure I go to church every Sunday and all that. But at the end of the day, it's just loving people. It's just being kind. You meet all kinds of people every day, especially in a college town and from all different kinds of walks of life. And like, I know that sounds cheesy, but loving people is what got me out of it. And there was no amount of, you know, inspirational quotes that people would send me and like all that kind of stuff. It's it's simply just loving people and being consistent and like not leaving people just because in the moment you don't feel like dealing with it or something like that, you yeah. know, cause my, you know, I've been seeing my therapist for two years now, every Thursday, like, and she is like relentless. She is not letting me, That's amazing. you know, and not because I, my life is a mess anymore, but she's like, I want to keep you here yeah. and I want to wow. keep you on this, you know, level. And just to have like a professional kind of connect with you in that way of, I'm not here just to get your money and I'm, I'm here to help you and to help you get out of this because it's not all fixed. And, you know, I was on medication for a while and she helped me get on it and then get off of it and like wean myself off of it to where I was only on it so that I could stop all the feelings at one time. So it kind of made everything cloudy for a little bit so that I could just settle and just be still, you know? So, and she taught me and that allowed me to like do the meditation and do some like really calming and still practices so that once I got off of the medicine, I would be able to be a functioning person, you know, that was huge. Like the patience that came along with that and, you know, the work that I had to put into myself because I wanted to love myself. And I, that's really hard to do. Like when you think about, Oh, it's great to think about self care and doing your nails and taking baths. But at the end of the day, it's, it's all just, 
putting time into yourself and giving yourself some time to think and rest and just be and not have to constantly be trying to be better or do things for other people all the time and like do things for yourself and sit with your dog and like just it's fine you don't have to go and do all these things like make sure all the laundry's put away and like all that kind of stuff you know but those are my two biggest takeaways was you just need to be consistent and love people and you're not big enough to stop what god has planned for you you're just across the board like you're just not (laughs) we could go into real detail about the kind of stuff that i've done and i should not have the life that i have now like coming from a purely outsider standpoint Mm -hmm. of jesus taken out of it there's no reason why i should have this life you know what i mean and the fact that i'm still sitting here and the fact that i'm getting married to the best freaking guy ever like and i have the sweetest little dog and i have the best friends and there's no reason why i should have this life based off of my past you know what i mean so hello i'm the proof enough like (laughs) everything's gonna be okay like i have goosebumps listening to talk like seriously it's so beautiful because like immediately when you were talking about just being and not being yeah. for something or for yes. someone, but just being like immediately Psalm 46, 10, be still and know that I'm God. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's in that space. And I think we forget that so often. It's mm-hmm. like, well, if I can be this, then I can see God. Or if yep. I can be this person or do this thing or perform this way. And he's like, no, 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 no. Just be, be yep. still. And it's in that space where we, we didn't get to see, you just said it. Yeah. You, you did everything you could to derail your life and your story yep. and screw everything up. You yep. made <laughs> valiant attempts to do yep. that. And it was when you, and I, I love how you so confidently talk about the fact that medicine is a part of your story yeah. and seeing a therapist, is a part of your story. Like that's amazing to me yeah. because people like, Oh, oh there's oh, a stigma. It's yeah. a negative. There is a, like, yep. hear it, it's negative. Instantly. Well, the amount of people that I told, like, I'm not, no, that's, that's wrong. Uh, the few people that I told that I was getting on medicine to like calm me down, like the immediate reaction was, Oh, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Like, are you, I needed to, yes. there was no right. other, I was not sleeping which was in turn causing the anxiety and the depression to just kind of, it was just a cycle, you know, because if you don't sleep, that's what makes it start. And then you eat bad and then it's just, and we're in a snowball and everything's horrible, you know? (laughs) So, but but you've been able to to center yourself and come to this place where you don't need medicine anymore. Medicine was a huge part of that, which is amazing. I I, I think that that's incredible. And I think people need to hear that, that, yeah, for you and for a lot of people, mm-hmm. that is a catalyst that allows you to get to a place. Yeah. But then you mentioned some specific disciplines. What are some of those disciplines now that help define who you are to keep you centered, to keep you level? Yeah. Um, earlier you said, and I love this, uh, <laughs> I, I want to put this in my bio, addicted to chaos. Like I just yeah, think that that's, that's awesome. So in a good way, I but I know you didn't a, mean it in a good she way. Needs a shirt. Yeah. It's like her tagline. Uh, I think that that's so amazing. But <laughs> but for you, that's a really bad thing, right? If you get back to that place of yeah. just needing there to be some well, chaos it in was, your life. It was all impulsivity. Right. And it was mm-hmm. all, I was chasing a feeling and whether that was good or bad. Like I was chasing that constant feeling of really, really high highs and really low lows. And that was mm-hmm. all without drugs. Like yeah. that was all me Man. just finding things that would give me those highs and lows. Like the fact that I was searching for the lows, you know what I mean? Like just being around people that made me feel and talked down to me and were awful to me, but I stay, I liked it almost. It was like, this is normal. This is what I need. And like, I, not that I felt like I deserved it, but it was familiar. Yeah. It was the rhythm. Yes. Yes. So that was something that my therapist told me. She was like, you are in such, you're just trying to find something familiar. And the more that you try and find something familiar, that's what makes you worse because it's, you're in that chaos and that chaos is normal for you, but that's, what's making your life like it is, you know? So yeah, there's, I still have that little spontaneity in me, especially with wedding planning. Oh my y'all. Mason has has to be like, okay, let's sit down and just talk about something for a second. But I'm over here like, I found the wedding planner and I found the DJ and you know, and he's like, it's been five minutes. What do you mean? I just proposed. (laughs) Y'all, that Uh. night I made an 
Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> okay, I expect nothing less, though. We're completely honest. That's amazing. BK to a T. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm I'm channeling all of that happiness into planning yeah. so yeah, that yeah. I'm not screaming in his face. There We're getting go. married. There you, you know. Go. I'm sure he appreciates that. You haven't done that yet. Oh, I do it all the time, but it could be a lot worse. So, what are some of those? continued rhythms now, mm-hmm. those new practices, those private disciplines that you put in place to help you keep that at bay, keep yeah. that that compulsive need for chaos at yeah. arm's length. You know, and a lot of this um isn't isn't just Christian based. This is um stuff that you can find any study online about this is exercise and eating well. Mm-hmm. And that includes not eating Takis all the time. Dude, it's it's a problem. I've actually gotten a lot better, but especially after reading some articles about it, like sticking to your intestines mm. and then you die. I'm uh, just kidding. You uh, don't die. I mean, you could, I guess, but it just causes really bad GI problems, oh like not being able to eat correctly and mm. all that. But, you know, exercising and the health, like all the health as a whole. But for me, that was also really hard to navigate because I did used to be like super strict in the gym and like had the abs and the super cut muscles and like all that stuff. But I wasn't healthy. Uh, That was me almost punishing myself. Mm. So like I wouldn't eat dinner at night because I'd be like, um, my, my stomach's going to be flat tomorrow. But yeah, just like almost fitness was my way of my way of almost like self-harm in a way, just not so exaggerated like it was later on Mm -hmm. and not so serious, I guess. So I had to get a whole new relationship with that. And that's what I've spent the last year probably doing. And my weight has fluctuated because I've been, you know, I'll, I'll do like the super strict stuff that I used to do. And then it'll make me binge eat or like, so, you know what I mean? Cause you can't live like that. Yeah. You can't live the way that I was living and trying to stick to following that plan, right. you know? So I had to totally redo that. And now I've actually gotten into a rhythm of, I work out in the mornings now. So, and I just joined Orange Theory. Nice. Oh my God. Exciting. It's murder. <laughs> That's what <laughs> like, I'm hearing. My whole body, when I woke up the next morning, I was like, ah, oh. like my sides and my stomach. It was, anyways. Um, I'm going to feel that tomorrow because I went to the gym today for the first time in like nine months. Really? Yeah. Oh, go. it's going to be yeah. the worst. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, just <laughs> ice packs everywhere. Like, that's the only way you're going to get out of it, you know? <laughs> But for me, that was that was huge that the working out for 30 minutes to an hour a day, depending on what I was doing and then eating well, but not that doesn't mean chicken breast and broccoli and rice. Like for me, that's not pizza and not, you know what I mean? So more it was more of just go find some good little things on Pinterest and make it. And I got an Instapot for Christmas. Yeah. No. That is, that's the dream. (laughs) How has this not been a thing before? So that, those two things were huge for me. And then the meditation, and I've only been doing it for like five or 10 minutes in the mornings. Mm -hmm. I'll do it in the sauna or something at the, at the gym. But there's this, there's so many apps out there. You just stick your headphones in and it has the music and it has the guided ones, which I need the guided ones. Mm -hmm. I'm too ah, you know, all over the place to not have someone constantly talking to me. (laughs) But, you know, they give you those cues of relax your shoulders and stop quenching your eyes. Like you don't even realize that you're, you don't like your eyes are closed. Right. And then you're like, wait, okay. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, yeah. Like these, like you're almost squinting, but that moment of, or those minutes of just relaxing your body and being aware that, how, like you're present. It, that's just the most present I felt in a really long time because I'm able to just sit there and I'm not thinking about anything. And I'm not thinking about there's gonna be so many emails when I get back to work and yeah. there's you know or I have to feed Lexi and I have to walk her before I get to work and I spent too much time this morning not waking up and not you know so I was late to the gym and now I'm gonna be yeah, late and yeah. so I really want to start doing yoga but I'm not good at it because <laughs> I'm not I'm like balance challenged <laughs> like i'm just not coordinated so the whole one-legged thing does just uh yeah it's it'll be a journey for sure <laughs> but meditation for me was huge especially with anxiety and not being on medication anymore that's that's been kind of like my grounding point of 
just take a deep breath. Yeah. Literally. Just focus on your breathing. It's crazy how much it helped. And y'all know me, how hyper I am. So the thought of me actually being calm in those moments is pretty mind-blowing. So <laughs> I would say the only other thing is just not withdrawing and just being aware of my habits that I used to have. So like not talking down to myself mm-hmm. whenever stuff goes wrong, even if it's not my fault. Talking to my people mm-hmm. instead of I'm just going to cancel all my plans and be a hermit and kind of, for lack of better words, wallow. Like there, you kind of just, you get in that mindset of, I just want, I almost want to feel sorry for myself, you know, just recognizing all of this has just helped me recognize all those things that I used to do, which would either push people away or just make me feel worse. You know, I feel like your story epitomizes why the idea of this podcast is so important Yeah, because you said it earlier, there are people that are walking through this stuff all around yeah. us. And we have created this false sense that we're when we follow Jesus, or even if you don't follow Jesus, that you're supposed to be, figure it out. You're supposed yeah. to be able to have it together and put your best foot forward. And sometimes it's just not true and yeah. it's not reality. And we need people around us that are willing to just keep poking and keep yep. prodding and keep chasing us and, yep. and not letting us go. And, and I think that it's so beautiful and such so redemptive your story and how God has shown up in unbelievable ways. Yeah. And and even, I mean, I feel like I've had not even a front row seat. I'm like five rows back, but being <laughs> able to just, I'm still like in the orchestra pit, so I have a good view, but just being able to see like over the last couple of years, what God has mm-hmm. done in your life yeah. and, and the redemption has just been absolutely amazing. Yeah. And so I guess to wrap things up, what would you say to someone who's listening to this? Um, what would you say to BK two years ago, three years ago? I mean, I just think that the biggest thing for me that I wish that I could have told myself all those years ago was, you know, don't wait until it's you sitting in your room and you're the only outlet that you have is to hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Don't wait until you have pushed so many people away and have just kind of made it clear that you don't want anyone in your life. Like you don't want to talk about it or whatever until like you feel so alone don't wait until it feels like you don't have a way to talk to someone. Yeah. Go ahead and you feel that feeling of, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. That's your starting point. That's your point of when you need to go go to a counselor, go to student services. That's where mm-hmm. I went the first day. And they almost put me on a hold. Like wow. they were, they were like, this is like, you didn't come in before. And not that that was, they weren't blaming me for that. Sure. But the fact that as soon as I walked into a psychologist's office, I wasn't crying. I, it was nothing like really dramatic. I just walked in and was going to ask for some help. Like I was already miles away from this being an easy transition, mm-hmm. you know? So that would be my biggest thing is don't wait until it's to the point of, of you want to physically harm yourself and stick to your gut about stuff. Like, There were so many times where I went into situations and whether that was a party or like a really weird photo shoot and like things like that where everything in me was telling me go home, Mm -hmm. go home and get out. Don't don't do it. Or like, yeah, there was that. I think that would be the biggest thing, though, is if you've got some stuff going on and whether it's if it's just thoughts and nothing's really happened because that's happened to me before. There's nothing going on but I definitely have some really weird right. thoughts yeah. and like they're really dark and I, I never talked to anybody about that. So that was, that was really big for me was that was a transition point that I went the wrong way mm. at that. I, I, I took the wrong turn basically. And I just decided nobody's going to want to hear about this. And you know, I didn't have great people in my life at the time, but I'm sure somebody would have listened, you know, And even if that was just a random stranger at a church (laughs) or something like that, you know. But yeah, that would be my my biggest thing because you reach out and look what happened now that I did. And the fact that people are like, that's no problem. That's fine. That's (laughs) me too. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like, bro, no way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Like, let's have a three hour conversation about this. And yeah. And people that actually listen is, is really cool is really cool. So 
if anybody's listening to this and is on the fence about not coming here, <laughs> like, come talk to me and let me be yeah. like this church's biggest cheerleader, you know, just because I feel like everybody here has been through some stuff. And so now we know how to love people because we yeah. haven't been loved before yeah. in the ways that we need it to be. Yeah. So that's huge. That's yeah. huge. I think so often we convince ourselves that we're the only one that's yep. felt that we, mm-hmm. and, and we just push ourselves further and further into isolation. And you said it a minute ago, like you got to this place where you had pushed everyone else away. And the only thing left to do yeah. was to be there in isolation and feel like, man, the only escape I have is to harm myself or, yep. or to keep going in the wrong direction. And, yeah. and man, that that's exactly what our hope with this podcast is. Yeah. If you're listening to this, that you would recognize that your story absolutely matters and that it doesn't matter what you're walking through. Someone else has been there and there are people that want to walk with you and that want to help you process and, and learn and grow and, and find redemption in your story. And, and I love it. BK, you said that even with your best efforts, you couldn't like, you couldn't destroy what God wanted to do in your life. And you know, what's, what's another just little point is that, Whenever people think about being in a position where you're sobbing in your room or like you feel like you need therapy, it's not what you see on the movies where you feel bad for the person because it, it looks like nothing is their fault. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not like that. And sometimes you legit screwed up and yeah. you legit right. put yourself in right. that hole that you're in. And that's what makes it feel like I don't even deserve to talk about it. Mm-hmm. There's such a huge difference between this happened to me and I need to talk to someone about it, which absolutely talk to someone about it but there's a huge difference between that and you doing something and feeling like you can't wow you know yeah. what i mean yeah yeah absolutely. absolutely that was my kind of experience with that and why it was so hard to because it looks easy you know it looks like yeah oh that uh, you're you're so loved it's fine like what happens though if this happened mm-hmm. you know yeah. if i did this are right. you sure right. <laughs> I put myself in this position. Yes. Yeah. 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 This, I was not a victim in this case right. at all. Right. So, yeah. I, I love that you said that. I love that you said that. Um, well, whatever your story is, as you're listening to this, our hope and our prayer is that you will find somebody to share your story, to open up, to let somebody in. And we'll, we'll put in the show notes below a, a way for you to reach out to us and to reach out to BK. You can DM her on Twitter and uh, follow her her dog pics and funny memes about Michael Bublé defrosting in November. But and her fitness page, yes, she has a fitness yeah. page. Yeah, you have a, a, a new fan. fitness Instagram. I do, yes, and it's not just. I, I my biggest thing was I don't want it to be something that girls go on and are like that sucks that I don't look like that. Yeah, because that's hard. Like all those Instagram models yeah. and stuff, like that's really hard. <laughs> so. My whole point, if you do follow it, it's Fit Beaks. There you go. (laughs) But there's so much more to it than just, here's how to do a squat and lift some heavy things. You know, there's uh, there's a lot more. My goal for it, it's it's still really small right now, but my goal for it is is to reach people in a way that um, looks a lot different than what a lot of fitness pages are now, I guess. It's very encouraging. Yeah, I would definitely check it out if if you go by Fit Beaks. five in me. Love that. There you go. Fit Beaks, F I T B E E K S. Two E's, no A's. Yeah, but we'll put that in the show notes below. Well, thank you so much, BK, yeah. for coming and sharing your story. We believe that everybody listening has a story worth sharing. Thank you for journeying with us again today. We hope that you will hit subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. Go find BK. And say hello and let her know how much your story, her story impacted you. And we will catch you next time. Emmy. Bye, friends. We're out.